Jacob Quinn has won the national championship for the Quinnipiac Bobcats. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 10th Second Podcast. My name is Keith Woodard, and happy to be your host. In our last episode, you heard and learned about the journeys to Quinnipiac from Colin Graff, Sam Lipkin, Jacob Quillen, and of course the captain, Zach Metza. And we start with Jacob Quillen talking about the prep work for Merrimack. Normally, when you play the ECAC League, right, you play two, two teams a weekend, you know who you're playing, and then you move on to the next weekend, and it's the same two teams. So, so practices, you can kind of prepare for two different teams, right, or two of the same teams. You just know who you're playing. In the NCAAs, it's a little different. I mean, obviously, you know you play Merrimack, but you don't know who your second game is. Um, and I, from what I understand, I think you had a couple days off before you actually hit the ice again after, after Colgate um, and then kind of refocused a little bit. Um, so talk about preparation for Merrimack. Uh, why don't you go ahead, Jacob? Yeah, I mean, it, it all starts with uh, video. Coach um, Dume, Rand, Corbs, they, all, they do an unbelievable job uh, getting us prepared each weekend. Um, it really only starts a week before uh, the game. We, we usually we don't really do video uh, Monday, but we'll do a little bit Tuesday, Wednesday, and then, um, you know, when we got to, to Bridgeport, um, I can't remember exactly what the, the the keys of the game were, but um, it's really just sticking to our own identity. We know how we play. Uh, we know what to do out there, you know, play fast, play with pace. Um, and, and, yeah, that's, I guess, what we did. Yeah, and Merrimack, uh, great program, but obviously not at the level that you guys are at. Um, and they'll get there probably and, and have been there in the past, but they'll get there. Um, so, Sam, this is your first NCAA experience. Mm-hmm. What was that like and what were the guys tell, telling you what that experience was going to be like? Um, yeah, honestly, just kind of just went in open-minded. Uh, I, I mean, honestly, just the, the games that I played earlier in the year um, kind of set me up really good, I felt like. Um, I was comfortable and kind of get comfortable in those big stages, and you want to you want to make the play, you want to be that guy, and uh, you just try to keep it simple. Um, yeah, no, it was just kind of like our, all line, our whole line was just kind of just play basic, defend well, and good things are going to happen. And, that's what kind of happened so yeah no it's obviously uh it's a great experience and that's why you come to Quinnipiac you come to Quinnipiac play in the NCAA tournament and win games so um that that kind of just came from tuition and uh it, it was a great experience at Bridgeport um I, I think that was two pretty big home games for us um with the crowd and everything um it's pretty electric in there so a- anytime you're playing in front of the home ho- home team uh you got an advantage so yep so two wins uh, which is something uh, I don't. Zach, did you have two wins in the NCAA before that in, on, in the same season? I the same, no, no, that I don't was, think so. Uh, right, that was my first time. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah Getting before. out of the regional. We freshman year we lost in the regional final. Um, lost to Mankato in Loveland, and obviously lost to Michigan uh, the year prior. Prior, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So it's now you're now in the Frozen Four. So all the hype is really starting to amp up a little bit, right? And you get the the community is amped up because you're going back. Um, for some of us, we were there in 13, and some of us in 16, and those didn't go the way uh, that Quinnipiac wanted. Um, so talk about a little bit about your preparation and the importance of playing Michigan, a team that at least two of you played the year before, uh, Jacob and and uh, Zach. And that outcome was 
closer towards the third period, he said, with after you guys were down 4 nothing, came back to get to 4-3. Um, but uh, obviously didn't work out the way, way that you wanted. Um, but you're playing the same. Essentially, it's rare that you get an opportunity to play the same team in, almost in the same scenario one round later. Um, but talk about what you guys were thinking about in terms of comparing the two two situations. I was fired up. I I was excited to get another shot because um, I thought you know the year prior we had the team to make a run. Uh, we didn't show up that game, so it was it was redemption. Like I I was looking forward to it. Um, I also say being the first time in the Frozen Four, in it's it's bigger. Like you know, like you mentioned, the whole the whole community was fired up. We had um, the send off on uh, the quad in front of the library. We had an escort down to, and like almost a mini parade of, of people sending us off on the way to the airport. Um, like everything, everyone's very excited and you're getting people reaching out. So there's almost a moment, especially after you win uh, that regional, where it's like, you're obviously celebrating the Frozen Four, but you have to kind of snap out and be like, okay, like we gotta show up and play hockey. Once we get inside the glass, it's the same game. Um, it's four games forever. Yeah, and at that point, it's, you're down to two. You, you're halfway. Um, so, you know, to get Michigan again, and a little bit different team, but still just very skilled, very talented. They're going to have guys that play in the NHL for a long time. And then you hear on social media, you see the comments, and it's like it's they have no chance. It's high octane. These guys can't defend. Like, they're not going to be able to handle – the guys on Michigan, like they're they haven't played a good team all year. You like you hear all the the list goes all on. the noise. Yeah, <laughs> what like, is that? The, the list goes on. You hear all the stuff. So so let's just stop. Motivation. Let's talk about this for a second. So you guys are right. You guys are in the social media world. Like when I grew up, there was no social media. You know, you had to get up and change a channel with your TV. You got to stand up. You didn't have a remote even for Pete's sake, guys. That's how old I am. But that's your world now in terms of comments, people making random comments that you, from random people how much it sounds like you pay attention a little bit to it who's the expert in this conversation Jacob I'm looking at you um I mean yeah it's pretty it's hard not to see it um you these guys there's so much hype around you know the the first rounders like Fantelli like Hughes it's pretty hard not to ignore it but I mean, I think the thing that separates us is we just we play as a five-man unit. We're on, we're on the ice, you know. They they might have all the skill in the world, but I mean, we you know we do our job on the defensive end, and we take we uh, capitalize on the offensive end. Okay, so let's go back to social media for a second because that didn't really answer the question, Jacob, about social media. I mean, I got you got a little bit there, but but let's be honest. I mean, you guys are on your phones. Yeah. I mean, I've got kids uh, all of your ages, right? Yeah. And you're on your phones all the time. Colin's dying for this. All right, Colin. Yeah, I think that there's a there's a pretty quickly growing social media account out there. Everything college hockey, they uh, they do a really good job, and I think they uh, they they throw out their rankings every every Monday, and especially me and my roommates last year, we'd get off the ice, we'd go back, we'd be eating lunch, and we'd just be we'd be reading the comments, whether it be you know us like in the top five basically the entire year, and just just the hate comments just fueled us. We'd, we'd laugh at a couple of them. They're pretty funny, you know. There's obviously there's been some chirps thrown on on spitting chicklets too, about about our guys working in the coal mines and stuff like that, which is which is a little a little ridiculous if I had to say something. But yeah, obviously social media is a big part of it, but it's more just like 
it gives us a good laugh. Like, I don't really think we take, like, any of those things seriously because, like, they're still watching us play hockey. Like, like it doesn't really matter. No, it, it, like Colin said, it doesn't change anything that we do, but it can – like, it, it just feels like no one else gets it like we did. I mean, obviously we were, you know, top three, like, the whole year. So, obviously, like, if you're getting comments like that, you're doing something right. Um, but, yeah, it was – it would get a little annoying. It still wouldn't change what we do. Um, but you just you see it all the time. You can't really escape it. Every post about us or every rankings has something about Quinnipiac playing in, you know, a poor conference. It's not the Big Ten. Like Steve Hagwell this. said back in the day, you guys all know Steve Hagwell, right? He's the commissioner of the ECAC or was, and he just, he just retired. They used to call it the Easy AC. Oh, yeah. And he used I, to be <laughs> super offended yeah. by that until, you know, Union won the national championship and Yale won the national championship. And it almost just, like, fires you up a little bit because, uh, obviously, like, we, we, we know what we have in that locker room and the talent we have, and it's just, like, if you don't see it, then you're just not seeing it. Like, we see it, though. Um, so, yeah, no, it, it definitely fires you up a little bit. Um, uh, yeah, no, that's fantastic. All right, let's get some, some goals. We're going to show you some goals, so let's start here at 2-2. It's the Michigan game. It's 2-2. We're in the third period. It's This game is still pretty much in in doubt, right? Nobody has take, No one has broken away with a lead, um, and we'll uh, I'll just let it run here. Shot! Shoulder save, correct. You could hear Seamus Casey's teammates. Case, case, case. Back come the Bobcats. Shot! Saved by Portillo in the rebound. Just goes wide. It's in. Another bank shot. Another goal. Sam Lipton has given the Bobcats a 3-2. Okay, so essentially, Sam, you have an opportunity. You attack the net. Uh, or some, or uh, was it you that, yeah, was you that attacked the net? Or was it somebody it, it was Graffer. Uh, oh, Graffer attacks the net. And then you get the puck behind the net. And uh, what do you, like, how does that go? I mean, I, watching it. Right, it, it, and he has uh, John Bucci-Gross calls it a, a bang shot, but like yeah. I'm guessing that's more. There's a little more to it than that. Um, yeah. So a little bit of the pre-scout on this guy was he plays ultra aggressive, um, comes out a lot, really doesn't go into his post very well, but he, he's obviously a really good goalie. Probably playing the National Hockey League one day. Um, yeah. So I kind of got it. I think I was low key just trying to go to Quilly out in front. I was trying to get a low opportunity there. You can kind of just tell by my reaction. I really didn't see it go in. Um, play happened so fast. Uh, kind of just instincts took over and uh, lucky enough to just bounce off his skate and go in the perfect direction into the net. So. And talk about you guys in practice in terms of, you know, I've heard Rand say, if not once, probably five million times, hunt the puck um, and go after the puck and attack it. Um, and Everything that happens in front of the net is is just another opportunity to score a goal. Um, is that is that play evident of that in terms of how you would just go after it? And yeah, I think a big thing for our line, like we just hunt pucks. You're never out of play. Um, you're always in a play. So yeah, no, obviously s- some guys maybe just pull up, but it's stopped in front of the net. Um, but us and our details, we always just track and recover the puck and uh, throw, throwing it to the net's never a bad option. You know, it's a it's a place where you score goals. Still plenty of time in the period, though. We got 18 minutes to go in the third, and but it's nice to have that lead three-two in terms of uh, you know it gives you a little bit of like you're not breathing, you haven't won the game yet, but it's it's better than the 3-2 the other way at that particular point. Yeah, I mean, it, it gave us a lot of life, um, got the building bumping. Um, 
I think compared to the Minnesota game, we had a lot more fans uh, in the Michigan game. So, yeah, no, it was really loud in there, and it kind of got the juices flowing. And uh, with our system, we really don't give up much. So one goal leads, uh, it's a pretty big lead for us. Yeah, your record is pretty sweet in the third period if you have the lead, right? Just based on the defensive nature of, of what you guys do on a daily basis. So 3-2, so seven minutes to go in the game. Uh Zach, wanna, we'll let this roll, and then you can talk a little bit about this. Real nice back pressure by the Bobcats, just continuing to harp on the details. Tellier just dumps it in. They're not going to take a chance, pass into a trailer. They're going to keep going oh. forward and into the net. So talk about that, Zach. Puck came up the wall. Um, and it was just, I wanted to create chaos. Uh, the defender came out to me and I knew I could kind of use him as a screen. So I shot between his legs and just wanted some sort of crazy bounce, something to hit him high and kind of drop in front of him, get someone to know. I don't even think watching this again, I don't know if anyone was even there. You know, I just, I wanted to create something. Uh, I just wanted to give uh, someone an opportunity to whack something home and got through a good screen and, and beat him. The intent was to get it more on net than it was to necessarily score a goal at that point. Is that fair or is that yeah. inaccurate? Yeah, kind of like Sam said, like you, pucks in that is never a bad play. Um, so using the screen, using the forward that came out to me, um, it create, definitely created some chaos and he never picked it up and until it was by him. And we'll talk a little bit more about this on the first goal of the Minnesota game, but you at the blue line, I've and I talked to coach about this and I talked to I actually talked to Colby Cohen about this on ESPN in terms of your ability to read where the puck is at the blue line and make a decision whether you're going to back up or go forward and try and attack the puck is that something that you've just evolved over time but because that that skill set really shines through especially you know in, in these games yeah uh you know I think as you play and play more you get a little more comfortable um, I always try to anticipate where the puck's going so if uh, like on that it was going below it looked like he was going to rim it so I just I was breaking down already so I could beat that forward to the puck um, and give myself time if you uh, I think as a defenseman if you do that and you can kind of make those reads and make those jumps you'll give yourself a lot more time to make plays which on that I had a little bit of time to you know if I wanted to cut back I probably could have if I wanted to make a pass to so, uh, Philly in there, I could have done that as well. But um, yeah, I, I think anticipation is a big thing. And it was something my uh, my dad always told me when I was younger is, you know, you always hear the, I think it was like Gratzky or something, is like go to where the puck is gonna be, not where it's been. Um, and that, I think that has a lot to do with it. If you can kind of just read what's going on and, and jump to where that puck's gonna be, don't really follow it. and. Uh, like I said, it just gives you time and space. Yeah. 4-2, obviously a big advantage at this point with seven minutes to go. Again, nothing's <laughs> nothing's given, and, you know, a five-minute major could happen tomorrow, you know, in the next minute, and you could be in a different situation. Uh, but then, obviously, the empty netter by Ethan, 5-2, um, and it's late on Thursday night, uh, and you guys are going to the national championship game. What's that like? Jacob? Um, yeah, I mean, it was... It was unreal. It's you know we're halfway there. Um, the boys were obviously pretty pumped um, after this one, um, but the job wasn't finished. Um, you know we we uh, we prepared all week for for Minnesota. Uh, I'm sorry, Michigan, and then 
we didn't really prepare for our next opponent. But I mean, at that point on, we we knew uh, we had to start preparing for uh, Minnesota. So that's uh, what we did. And so you go back to the hotel. Let's talk a little bit about distractions, because Coach <laughs> this act just starts to crack at me. He knows exactly where this is going. So you know there are you've got friends there, you got family there, you've got girlfriends, you've got whatever else you've got there. What's how do you kind of put that all in perspective, Colin? Why don't you take this one? Yeah, I think Rand made a, he made a point of it before we went because he said that obviously that was his third time there. He's just saying that like you're there to play hockey. Like obviously Tampa's like it's on the beach. Like guys, you could go out and walk around in the sun and get tired and stuff like that. Like we made sure that we weren't doing that. Like even if it was sitting in the hotel room all of Friday, basically just doing nothing but making sure that your body was ready and then as opposed to like family and stuff like that like my family was down there it's like like I can't see you guys like sorry basically it's just like I'm not here to go on a vacation even if you guys are like it's especially after that Thursday game it's like now like we're really focused on Saturday like I'm doing everything in my I think we're all we were all doing everything in our power to make sure that we were ready to go so it was basically just a a work trip I'd say did did you in it in any free moments did you sit there and go, last year I played for Union, and now I'm playing in the national championship game, and be like, wow. Yeah, yeah, I think that maybe on the maybe on the bus ride back from, from the rink over to the hotel, I was like, wow, like, <laughs> this, is a, this, is a, this is a complete 180 in terms of where I was here before, because I remember I was already coming to Quinnipiac when they were playing, I think, the year before. So I was watching them. And then now it's like, wow, we're here. Like, and I'm on it. Like, I'm part of it. Like, it was, a, it was awesome. And Sam, a uh, third round draft pick? No, seventh round draft pick? Seventh, seventh round, round yeah. draft pick. Had a chance to go professional hockey, uh, if, you, if you wanted to, right? If you mm-hmm. could, if you wanted yeah. to. And now you're one game away from a bronze medal and a national championship, and you're 19, 20 years old. Yeah, I mean, you'd honestly think it's a surprise, but um, no, that's exactly where I thought we were going to be, and that's exactly what I wanted to be. Uh, the situation, those are the those are the things you dream of. Uh, I remember, I think it was 2014, watching Johnny Goudreau at Boston College win a national championship, and just just see how crazy uh, everyone was and how, how big of a moment that is. And Johnny um, Goudreau was a Philadelphia guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, p- played for his uh, dad for a few years too. So, yeah, um, yeah no, that was obviously great. But uh, yeah, I think it was it was honestly before the Frozen Four. I think we were watching Cor- Cornell BU um, before our Ohio State game, and I was like. Like we're playing in national television, like this is this is the mecca of college hockey. You can't beat it. Um, but yeah, no, obviously uh, the the night before, like right after the game, quick reset, and your mind just you're just thinking about it, thinking of making that play, making making a pass or goal. You're, like it's just a million scenarios for your mind. You kind of just have to take take ten steps back and. Just, just enjoy the moment. Um, obviously, it's a great moment with the red carpet and the cameras and the lights. Um, that's where you want to be as a hockey player. Yep, Zach. How many people are there for you at the game? Uh, a lot. I had uh, all my. I had my three siblings, uh, my parents. I had family come in from Colorado. I had family come in from Texas. Um, I had my two of my best buddies that you know I've known since I was like four or five. 
that after we won the Michigan game, they texted me and said, we're coming, like, we're going to be there. So I had I had a crew there, um, and it's crazy. I, that off day, because also Tampa, it's – I mean, I don't. I personally don't think they should have the frozen four anywhere else. Like you're, you go outside and it's 90 degrees around the water. We're in shorts walking to the rink for, for skate, and it is. It would be so easy to be distracted. Like you could see how some teams would kind of get caught up in it and lost and everything. Um, but you know, like Graffer said, like Rand made a point before. Like this is not a vacation. Like we're here to play hockey. We're here to uh, here to win the national championship, and luckily that's what we did. Thanks for joining us on the 10th Second Podcast, and special thanks to Zach Collins, Sam, and Jacob. On our next episode, we're going to talk about pulling the goalie. As you may recall in the Minnesota game, the head coach made a decision to pull the goalie with under 3 minutes and 30 seconds to go. In 2022 versus Michigan, the goalie was also pulled, but the outcome was not as favorable for Quinnipiac. And what does the data tell you on when to pull the goalie? A graduate from the University of Chicago and Harvard and a huge hockey fan by the name of Aaron Brown will join us to share his expertise on that exact topic. Our production crew is Justin Morowski, who is our producer and audio engineer. Jillian Catalano is our social media coordinator. David DeRoche handled the audio mastering. I'm Keith Woodward and I'm your host. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the 10th second and also follow the podcast account at QU Podcasts. And thanks again for joining us on this episode. <laughs>